0: I've given you enough time to find Philippians chapter 3, or if you're on your phone, you can click there through the YouVersion uh, uh, Bible app to the live event, and you'll see the title of our message this morning. We're going to continue in the free series. Uh, and today, uh, I've been given the task of talking to you about being free from the past. I know a lot of us, as we come and go and a lot of different things that we have in our lives, uh, we all have carried around some baggage or maybe made some mistakes uh, along the way or done things we shouldn't have done or been places we shouldn't have been. Or maybe sometimes uh, uh, even we we need a little bit reminded that it's only by the grace of God that we're here. Sometimes uh, when things are going well, we often feel like it was all because of us and that we're the ones that have made it happen because we've had to work so hard. But the fact of the matter remains is that we have a need of a savior. And without him, we are nothing. And, And in him, we are everything. It's in him, the Bible says, that we are to live and move and have our being. And so, uh, this morning, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about this subject this morning and hopefully, uh, as we move on. And, uh, I, I just, I want you to uh, hopefully to hear, uh, the heart of God today, that God is bigger than your past. He's bigger than the current circumstances. And he's so big that he's already in your future, uh, declaring that he has plans for you. Like Jeremiah said, plans to prosper you and not harm you plans of hope and of a future. So, uh, Philippians chapter three, and we're going to go at verse 12 this morning. Uh, philippians chapter 3 starting at verse 12 and something i do each and every week if you would would you stand for the reading of god's word everywhere we go uh around the country or, or overseas or something i always ask people to stand people say why do you want people to stand when you read god's word well first of all you're in a comfortable chair and i have the attention span of a gnat I do. I mean, I can be talking about one thing and all of a sudden I'm just, you know, talking to whatever about with the sky so blue squirrel. I mean, I just get lost, you know, in a second. So I mean, all the things and you say, well, why are you having me stand? Well, because when I stand in church and I'm not sitting in a comfortable chair, I tend to listen just a little bit better. And if you don't hear anything else we say or do today, this is God's word. And this is his, how he speaks to us through, through his written word. So here we are in Philippians chapter three, starting at verse 12. And I'll be reading from the new international uh, version this morning says, not that I have already obtained this, this is Paul speaking, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that you would release the power of your written word into our lives in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Lord, may all distractions or anything that would keep us from focusing our attention upon you. Lord, I pray right now that those things would uh, would begin to crumble and fade away in the light of your glory and grace. Lord, I, I ask that uh, your freedom would reign in this house. Lord, that uh, maybe we walked in today and felt uh, constrained because of circumstances or things that have happened to us or said to us uh, in the past or whatever has been put on us before, God. I pray today in the name of Jesus that we would sense that you're walking with us uh, closer than even a brother would, would, Lord. You'd never leave us. You'll never forsake us. So God, today we trust you. We admit that we need you. And and God, I pray today that, that because we declare our dependency on you, that God, you would declare your independence upon us. Lord, have your way this morning. Anoint me to speak your word with clarity and accuracy under the unction of your Holy Spirit. Thank you. You, God, so much for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, I even pray for Pastor Justin and his family, even as they celebrate their wedding anniversary today. Lord, I pray for just a refreshing time in their spirits and their souls and in their family and their children. Lord, thank you so much for the call of God you have upon their lives. Lord, even bless Pastor Lori and as she's ministering uh, to the kids this morning. Lord, I pray that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt there is a God that cares and loves for them. Oh, God, move in, in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Now, listen, I just kind of want to put this out here. And every time I've ever been anywhere, I always like to say this. uh, You be yourself. Okay. I'm going to be myself because I really can't figure out any other way. And and God's going to be himself. And you say, well, what does that mean that you're going to be yourself? Well, I get, I'm a little passionate sometimes about God and, and about what he's done in my life and where he's going with me and where I'm going with him. And so I, sometimes I, I get a little excited. So just uh, forgive me if you're not used to that just yet. Uh, if you need a seat belt, I'm sure we can pass those out now. Uh, but also if you need an umbrella, I tend to spit just a little bit, but it's all right. I could probably get all the way to the back in this room, uh, uh, but it, it's all right. Don't worry about it. There's power in the shower. Come on, on somebody. Uh, uh, but uh, and yet, if you've yet to be water baptized, you just go ahead and sit right here in this front section. And during the preaching of the word, you will be fully immersed because sprinkles are for donuts, right, Rob? Uh, but listen, here at Philippians chapter three, uh, Philippians chapter three this morning. Obviously, this is the Apostle Paul uh, talking to us, and 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 Pastor Justin and asked me to to go along these lines with you this morning about being free from the past. And and you say, well, uh, let, let's kind of set a little bit of groundwork here, a little bit of foundation. I haven't been here the last few weeks. I listened a little bit on. Line to what uh, you've been talking about, but maybe let me define freedom for you this morning. So when I say freedom, we both have the understanding of what we're talking about. Uh, freedom is the ability, or active, is the creator intended independently from the consequences of a sinful world, or expectations of others, or even poor self choices. It's the ability to live in the spirit by which man uh, was uh, made. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Of course, we know that 2 Corinthians chapter three verse seventeen. So listen, freedom therefore cannot be temporal, but can only exist with an eternal mindset. I want to be very clear about this this morning. We can't just be free in this moment without being free from our past. We can't be free in this moment without understanding that our eternity has already been secured by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, We can't just listen. uh, We can't accept a freedom from an eternal God unless we realize that the freedom he gives us is also eternal. And so as we go forward with this this morning, I'm going to begin to explain to you what I mean by that and how that all goes together. But sometimes in our minds I know, I don't know about you, but in between these two little ear holes, sometimes I try and grasp it all and put it all together and have all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted and all that's going on in my life. I like to be the one in control. Come on, somebody. You know, I I like to be the one that has it all put together. I want to be able to provide and take care of my wife and my kids. And and I work like a dog sometimes to make that happen and drive here and there and and all that's going on in and around our lives. And I, I like to be the one that has it all put together. But sometimes in some ways we often get reminded that we are not in control. The only thing we control are the choices and decisions that we make. I can't control you, you can't control me, and I definitely cannot control this world or the Creator that made it. Amen. I, I want us to get to that understanding this morning that when we begin to understand that we release all the things that are going on in and around us, and sometimes we even need to get to the point that we release our decisions to God. Now, I want to be clear about this before we go any further. God is not going to tie your shoes for you. Freedom doesn't mean that we can just kind of get up and do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, because, you know, I'm free, brother. I'm free. No, we, we can't use freedom as a crutch to be lazy. Proverbs is still very clear. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of our hands to rest. And then our poverty will come as a robber and our want like an armed man. Uh, you say, what are you trying to get? At? I'm trying to tell you this. This is takes work it's not easy. Uh, living freedom is actually not easy. Uh, and so uh, this morning, uh, as we go forward, I want us to get to this understanding of what I'm talking about, this this eternal freedom, how it's bigger than we are. But uh, here, I want you to get this this morning. And John had an amazing picture of the eternal salvation of God. When the apostle John was, uh, he was tried to, to be killed, martyred for the cause of Jesus. Uh, they took him and they, and they put him in a hot boiling pot of, of oil and they tried to kill him and that didn't kill him. I mean, that's wild. Come on. Have you ever been placed in a hot pot of boiling oil? I mean, that's nuts. I can barely touch the wick on a candle. Come on, somebody. And this guy went swimming in it. And it didn't kill him. And when that didn't work, they thought, well, let's just get rid of him. And so they exiled him out to an island out in the ocean called the island of Patmos. And there is where, G- or where God, or John had this amazing revelation of the person of Jesus and how Jesus wasn't just the one who was here a few years ago and died on a cross and rose from the grave. He's not just the one that has saved us for today, but he's also the one that is coming to get us because he's left. And when he's left, he's going to come back and get us to us wh- so that where he is, there we can be also. And and so John had this amazing picture of what Jesus was doing and what eternal salvation, what it really means to be saved from the past, to be free from the past, to be free in the present and to be free for the future. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, you can click down through. Uh, but this is what the picture uh, Jesus had given to John in Revelation chapter one, verse eight uh, or chapter one, verse four. It says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is... Watch this now. And who was and who is to come. That's pretty cool. We're going to talk about that in a second. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, and even those who pierce him, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And this is Jesus speaking to John here. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. I am who is, and who was, and who is to come. He is the Lord God Almighty. See, this is the picture of eternal salvation, that God is bigger than our present circumstances, that that God loves us well beyond what our past could ever weigh us down to be. And God is so big that he's already ahead of us making our future. You're saying, what are you saying? That's why Jesus said, I am who is and who was and who is to come. Are you following me this morning? We serve a God that's bigger than the the, the our hand and the minute hand and the second hand on our watch. We serve a God that's so big. And I know this might be a little existential and a little big for us to swallow so early on a Sunday morning. But let's just try me for a second. God is bigger than the existence of time because he was here before time began. And he's going to be here after time is over. See, this is the amazing part about God, that he cares enough for us, that he's willing to forgive us of our past, and the way he can forgive us of our past is because he still lives there. He's not confined to Sunday, July, whatever this is, 18th, 19th. Somebody help me out. What day is this? Thank you. You know, he's bigger than just today. That's why he can forgive me of my past. But the Bible also said that he'll stick closer than a brother. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never turn his back on me. He's with me today. But he's also the one who is, the one who was, but he's also the one who is to come. That's why he has the plans. He knows the plans he has for me plans to prosper me and not harm me, plans of hope and of a future. He knows my future because he's already there. Before one of my days ever came to be, the Bible says that he had them planned out for me, that he knitted me together in my mother's womb, that he fearfully and wonderfully made me, that God has a reason and a plan for each and every area of our lives, for each and every one of us that are here. We are not forgotten. It's not some accident that anybody is created. It's not some accident that you are even here this morning. I believe we serve a God that is bigger than our decisions, that's bigger than in our past and that's bigger than what we feel our failures will never get us to in the future. We serve an eternal God that is more than able, come on now, to do exceedingly and abundantly what I can fit in between these two ear holes. That's the God I serve. And and so uh, uh, today I want us to get to what this means to be free. Here, Paul is talking in Philippians chapter three uh, about being free. And, And in verse 12, it says, not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, and, and let me just stop right here for just a second uh, to kind of preface this. This isn't what my message is about, but I, I think I, 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 this is important for us to get here. Paul is saying, "Not that I've already obtained all of this. He obtained what? Perfection." And I don't know about you, but this is where I, this is hits me because I want to have it all put together. I, I, don't, I don't want to leave any loose ends. I don't want to, I don't, I want to have this all put together. And the fact of the matter remains, we all still need God. That we all need a savior. But as long as I am living and breathing on this earth, I need God. I'm not perfect yet. We'll get there in a second. Listen, I, I'm, I'm never going to attain perfection on this earth. But what I can attain is to know Jesus to know him and in, in the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings. I haven't got that all figured out yet, but what I have figured out is that I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to press towards what is ahead. That's what Paul's talking about. He says, not that I've obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but watch this, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Listen, we are free from our past. We need to forget what is behind. That, that, that we need to to get over uh, what is happening in and around us and how that's all getting put together uh, in our minds and where we've been and how awful a person we are and all that we've done. And listen, uh, you can be free from your past, the, the the baggage and the weight and the horrible decisions that we've made in the past. Listen, to me. That's why Jesus said that, that when uh, uh, that we need to confess with our mouth. Paul said we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. That when we t- partake in the love. Of Christ, regardless of how awful, how horrible the decisions and the things we've done in our past. Listen to me. When we say, "God, I need you," I declare my dependence on you, and God says, "Yes, I declare my independence on you." Before you ever knew me, I knew you. While you were still sinning, I wanted to show you how much I loved you because I died on a cross while you were still uh, going to work and and being a part of things you shouldn't be a part of, or listening to things you shouldn't be listening to, or doing things you shouldn't be doing. I got news for you. I wanted to show you how much I loved you before you ever loved me. I went ahead and died on the cross and took up all the pain and all the agony and all the consequences of the sin, the things that are contrary to God's word and the life of the spirit. Listen to me. He went ahead and died on the cross, bearing our shame, bearing our suffering and putting that in the past. And they put Jesus in that tomb. But it didn't end there. Listen, many times uh, we as Christians, uh, we get to this thing about Jesus being in the tomb. And while this is definitely the uh, the point, as, as we read in Revelation 1.5, uh, listen to me. Your freedom has been purchased by the shedding of Christ's blood. That's why it says to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Listen to me. And I know uh, this is often uh, maybe a little bit morbid or graphic. I mean, if you ever go to somebody uh, that maybe hasn't doesn't have the Christianese, uh, you know, uh, dictionary in their hip pocket and you go, brother, are you washed by the blood? I mean, think about that. I don't know about you, but in my mind, all I can think is that old horror movie, Carrie, when they put the pig's blood all over. I mean, it just is like, that freaks me out. That's gross. You know, you washed in the blood. I mean, do you hear how that sounds? I mean, that's weird. I mean, yeah, that's weird. I mean, that sounds satanic to me, you know. I, I mean, that's awful. He said, well, listen because listen, there's no higher price than a life. There's no amount of money. That, there's, there, there's, no, uh, there's no earthly possessions that equates to the pure blood of the Son of God. Money can't buy you, and money definitely cannot buy the Son of God. But yet, he went ahead. And he gave himself up as a ransom for our sins. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says, there is no remission of sins. We cannot accept forgiveness unless the price has already been paid. There's consequences to our sin. For the wages of sin is death. See, this is where a lot of us, we can't get free from the past because we assume, uh, and sometimes this is a little bit of our problem in a in wonderful country that we live in. I still love the United States. When we fly overseas and all the things that we're still going, i got to tell you, people still love seeing Americans come into, their, come into their country. And whenever I fly back home, as much as I love the other places and as much as we like to think there's a lot going wrong with our country, which there is, I got news for you. When we touch down and ground, whether it's in Houston or Atlanta or wherever we're flying into, There's just a, come on, it's good to be home, you know? Uh, But hear me, uh, this is a part of our problem. We feel like we're entitled to all these things. We don't, listen, you know, because of our past, uh, because of what we've done, because of our sinful nature, because of what we are and what we've done in our past, listen to me, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die a sinner's death. We deserve to live in a sinner's eternal penalty of hell. Listen to me. But because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I have been made whole through Christ. I have been made new. The old is gone and the new has come. I should have got a good amen there. I know it's a new church, but come on, somebody. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. It's what I've done in the past no longer tells me who I am It no longer. Listen to me. And we do that. We even do this in Christian world all the time. All the things that we've put up in our past, we still think that we need to live up to those expectations. I mean, we we put uh, sicknesses on things, we uh, we label people by their by their shortcomings, by uh, by things that have happened in the past. Oh, you're the divorced one. You're the one that's went bankrupt. You're the one uh, uh, that's left this. You've made this bad decision. They're the addict. They're the alcoholic. Uh, they're the sinner. They're uh, they're this. They're that. And we put all those things in the past. I got news for you. When you have confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believed in your heart that He is. God. The Bible says, Behold, the old is gone and the new is come. You are a brand new creation in Jesus Christ. For uh, what has been done in the past, the Bible says in Psalms that He takes and throws them as far as the east is from the west. It's no longer thought about in the eyes of God. It's forgotten. It's thrown away. You're not just forgiven, but what has been done has been forgotten. And you are now seen through the rose colored, blood stained lenses of Jesus Christ. You have been made whole again. You have been connected to the love of God. but Listen to me, and it's not death, not life, not an angel, not a demon, not the past, not the present, not the future, no power on heaven or hell could ever separate you from that love. And never allow, listen, never allow anybody to tell you who you are and who you are, because nobody has created you but Jesus himself. And he says, you are mine, and you are his, and he is yours. Listen to me, you are more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. You are no longer the tail, you are now the head. No weapon formed against you shall prosper if god is for you come on now who can be against you your past no longer dictates who you are now or where you're going in the future because god has made a way where there seemed to be no way we serve a good god that's the god i serve i am free from the past And it's not because of what I've done. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who he is and what he's done. My identity is not in this piece of flesh called Tim Bennett anymore. My identity is found in Jesus Christ. I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. We're free. You no longer have to, and listen, there's often times that even uh, the consequences of this world that we have to put up with sickness and pain, and we, we live up to those expectations. I mean, think about this. When you read throughout Scripture, even, you know, I, I've been, uh, you read through Scripture, I think about this. People that have been healed for 2,000 years, we still refer to them by their sickness. The woman with the issue of blood. The adulterous woman at the whale. Well, we don't even know their names we just call them uh, uh, by their afflictions and by their shortcomings. come on isn't that what uh, sometimes what happens to us in the Christian world we refer to you or what you've come from hey I'm, I don't want to be referred to anymore by what I've come from I want to be referred to by where I'm going. I'm a child of God I am I am an heir and a joint heir with the prince of all of the world. Do you hear me today? he is the king of kings and the Lord of Lords he's on my side and I'm on his. I'm following him and I don't have to worry about what anybody else says or what anybody else does. I don't have to live up to the expectations of this world or the shortcomings of my past. I am free to live who, to, who Jesus has created me to be. You say, well, where, where are we going with that? Well, how, how does all that work? Well, well listen, hey, listen, We're f- we're free from the past. But here's the deal. You can't just be free from the past and just kind of mope around and do whatever now and kind of wait for it all to be over. You know, I was—I uh, listen to weird things sometimes. I like listening to documentaries and and medical things. It just kind of intrigues me. And uh, I was listening to uh, to this uh, this brain surgeon. This this uh, she studies memory and all that's going on and how it happens and how we pick up habits and how long it takes us to remember things. Uh, she says uh, this woman said that 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 uh, if if we hear something today, unless we put it into action and continue to put it into action, we will forget it within 24 to 48 hours. In fact, it goes so far to say that you can't, you can't actually create a habit unless you've done it for 21 days. And not just doing it for 21 days, but it, they, they say it's actually not really ingrained into you, who you are into the fabric of your being until you've done it for three 21-day periods, 63 days. See, we can't just sit back and say, well, I'm saved, I'm waiting for this thing to be over. I gave my heart to the Lord 20 years ago, you know, I, I followed God, I have went to this class, I've done that. And, you know, I, I'm just waiting. I got news for you. Unless you exercise the gift that you've been given, it's pretty easy to forget about the gift. Paul said it this way. He said in verse 13, Philippians 3:13, he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. This is being free in the present. Not only are we free from the past, but you can't be free from the past unless you're free in the present. He's the one who is. He's the one who was, but he's also the one who is. He wants to live in me today, and I need to live in Him. That's why uh, Paul goes on to say it's no longer I that lives, but it's Jesus that lives in me. And that I need to crucify my flesh on a daily basis. That I need to push back those sinful desires, those sinful natures, uh, those thoughts and things. Come on, whenever I'm running late to get to a, uh, the foundry church on a Sunday morning, and I'm driving over, and I'm texting Pastor Rob saying, sorry man, I'm running a few minutes late, I'll be there, and some blessed person in a you know a 1982 Buick LeSabre pulls out in front of me and goes three mile an hour past a couple Coliseum. Come on, God bless America. Hallelujah. You know, I, I mean, I need to push back those thoughts of running her into the Arboretum. Oh, did I say that out loud? I do feel better now. Thanks. I'm, listen. All the things that go on in our mind. The only way we can, listen, I don't know about you. I have four four wonderful kids, been married to my wife. Hey, I will be married 14 years in just a few weeks. 14 years, that's crazy. Been married 14 years. We have four beautiful children. And I love my kids, but I got news for you. When I ask them to stop doing something, they'll stop doing it for a short time. But how many do you know? That unless you give them something else to do, what are they going to go back doing? Exactly what you said not to, right? Come on, that this is this is nature. This is life. This is who we are. That unless we get busy with the things of God, we're going to get busy with the things of the world. There's no way of getting around it. It's hot or cold. There's no lukewarm of God. And so you say, well, what are you, what are you getting now? Well, Paul says uh, we forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. What is unique about this word strain? Uh, and it's an English word, but the Greek word that is translated strain, this is the only place in the entire Bible this particular word is ever used. It's unique. It's talking. It's not, it's straining. It's it, it's a desire. It's a working. It's a you know, Paul. Is he gets Paul? Is uh, loves athletics. Uh, Paul was one of the people. He, he was a sports nut, much like I am. Sometimes to a fault. Hey, you know, I, I was upset last night. Uh, maybe that's why the, uh, some of my messages a little negative because I was reading over some things and and the Pirates were getting it handed to him by the Milwaukee Brewers, and I could not stand it. And so, if I seem a little mad this morning, that's probably why. But uh, you know, Paul. Uh, Paul has this. Has a sports mentality. He's talking about stretching. That we stretch ourselves here in the present. Listen, we, we need to stretch ourselves. We can't be uh, caught sitting back and watching the world go by. Uh, listen, this is what uh, this is what our freedom cannot be wasted with idleness. Our present freedom gives us purpose. This is what uh, Jesus said to John in Revelation one six, what we read earlier. He has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve His God and Father. That we need to get involved with the things of God. If you want God to be involved with you, maybe you should get involved with God. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, that, 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 This is why uh, James says later on uh, that uh, when we draw near to God, that's when God draws near to us. God had already made the decision thousands of years ago to love us and care for us. It's our decision today. Today, we need to choose to follow God today. Now, listen to me. I love what God's done for me and freed me from the past, but it's done and over with. I have a new chapter to write today. How about you? I can't sit back and watch the world go by. Uh, Listen, we have a purpose. We have a reason to be here. And even I think Pastor Rob's going to preach a little bit about this next week, so I won't stick here too long. But in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, Paul says it this way. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Come on. I mean, we live out in Mount Morse there. And and, uh, right around our area, there's some really fresh springs that just kind of bubble up through the ground. Sometimes the the ground stays wet. And, you know, we've had an incredibly dry summer, you know, and and there are bugs and mosquitoes everywhere. And I can't stand. I know when, when we go to Nicaragua and and, uh, you know, the bugs that are down there, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'll never forget. The first time I ever, ever, ever caught a gecko was with Pastor Rob ever. And the only reason I caught it is because he scared to think so bad it dropped its tail. They can do that for real. It dropped its tail and came running at me and I snatched that baby up. They're gross though. But listen, there's bugs all over. Some, the mosquitoes down there, you can saddle and ride like the small pigeons that they are. I, I mean, they, they, when you get bit by a mosquito there, you get lightheaded because the amount of blood they suck out of your body. You know, and, and you could, we'll go walking around and, and, you know, we all, they'll take medications for malaria or whatever else like that. I can't really take them because it makes me sick and sensitive to the sun because I have this wonderful pale Irish skin and, you know, it, it really makes me, and I, so I can't handle it. So I have to wear bug spray like you wouldn't believe. I, my cologne is DEET. It's so on your skin. Talking about that sissy family, like half percent stuff. I'm talking 100%. When it goes on your skin, the reason they can't bite you is because your skin's getting burnt off. And so I put that stuff on. I'm wearing it, and everything that's going on and around me. And, and Listen, we'll go. If people go walking by, and they're swatting bugs away. I'm going. Bugs are running for me, you know. Uh, but they're just, you know, they, they fight and they go crazy, you know. They're doing the little crane thing or whatever. I mean, they're going nuts. Listen, we do it, and this is what we do in our Christian life. We we sometimes feel like, well, oh, let's go to this church. And this this last church, they really ticked me off, and I don't like what they're doing. So I'm going to run to this church now because I like the way things are going here. And then sooner or later, you're going to get ticked off with something goes on here, so you're going to come to this church. And then that always happens, and then you go to this church over here. Well, I don't like the way this preacher preaches, so I'm going to go over here. He spit on me last week, so I'm going to come over here. You know, I don't like the way they sing, so I'm going to go to this church. You know, And we go this and there, whatever else. It's too loud, it's too soft, it's too hot, it's too cold. I mean, we go to all these different things, and we try and please ourselves. You know what that looks like? We're beating the air. We're consumed with things that don't matter. Let's have a purpose in life. Let's have a reason for living. You have a reason that you're here. You have a reason that God has created you. And when you find that purpose, whether whether it's in ministry or or whether it's as a teacher or or a musician or or, or a trash collector or, 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 or whatever it is, it's amazing the joy that comes when you know I'm exactly where God wants me to be and I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. That is what Paul goes on to speak in the next chapter. The peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not called to have it all figured out. Proverbs said it this way. Trust God with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge that he's God. That's when he makes your path straight. Do you hear me today? It's being free. Uh, It's being free in the present. I I need to finish this up. So we're we're free from the past. We're free in the present. And lastly today, we're free for the future. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3.14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I, press, I need to move on. I, I need to I need to make sure that what I'm doing today has a reason because where I'm going tomorrow, I don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't have that all put together yet, but what I do understand is when I'm following God today, it's going to put me where I need to be tomorrow. And my eyes are no longer fixed on all that's going on in and around me. My eyes are now fixed in what Hebrews says. My eyes are now fixed on Jesus because He's the author. He's the perfecter of my faith. I don't need to worry about what people say. I don't need to worry about what people do. The concept of this world no longer have anything on me. My eyes are fixed on the prize and nothing can tear me away from the purpose and the perseverance I got in me. I'm following Jesus and I'm not letting go of him because he's not letting go of me. And I'm trusting that each and every day, that even if I make a mistake, he's able to put me on the straight and narrow and fix it. And I'm going to step out in faith. I'm not going to know where I'm going all the time. But what I do know is as I pick up my foot, God's setting me down right where I need to be. And I don't need to worry about tomorrow anymore because I have no control over all i can control is that i'm following god today and i know he has a future for me i don't i don't have to worry about tomorrow because i'm not there i can't be there i'm not there but i do have an understanding that what i do today has a direct it has a direct decision on where i'm going tomorrow direct influence i i can't i can't be so consumed with what all's happening in and around me i need to have my eyes fixed on jesus this is what it says and revelation 1 uh, verse 7 this is how Jesus was saying this to Paul or saying this to John our future has been made secure by Christ who will soon take us into our eternal reward look he is coming with the clouds that's our future there's something bigger to life than what's happening in and around us right now there's a greater reason why we're here there is a greater reason of what's going on in our life I'm telling you, uh, so many times we, we get this temporal mindset that we forget we serve an eternal God. That when he created us, he created us in his image. And that part of that image is that we do not have an end. We will live forever. The question is, where? Where? The question is where, regardless of whether or not you follow Jesus, you will live forever. See, sometimes we get this all messed up when we assume that if we don't follow Jesus, that's okay because life will just be over and will not exist anymore. The fact of the matter is exact opposite of that. Everybody lives forever. The question is where? And that's heavy because there's only two choices and there's no middle ground. You either live in eternity of grace and mercy and joy and the power of God in heaven, or you live in eternity away from him, where the Bible describes it as dungeons and, and gloomy pits uh, and dark, total darkness, uh, where the fire burns as hot as sulfur and, and, and that, that they will be so thirsty that you'll never get one drop of water. The Bible says that there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty serious stuff. That's stuff that I can't always figure out on my own. I've never. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make my decision based on that. I want to make my decision knowing that I'm following God and spending eternity in heaven. But the fact of the matter remains: if I don't, there is an alternative. But it's one I don't want. That's what makes me say, you know what? Today, God, I choose to follow you. Because these decisions I make today gets me to connected with Jesus so he can take me to where he is tomorrow. He said, well, what are you trying to say? Well, listen, there was, uh, I'm going to show you my age here a little bit, I guess, uh, but uh, through the 1960s and 70s, which I wasn't alive for that at all. Uh, but in the 1960s and 70s, some of you were. Uh, but in the 1960s and 70s, there was a, hu- a very famous movie star. Uh, his name uh, was Steve McQueen. Have you ever heard of Steve McQueen? right? The bullet, the great escape. I mean, all that. He was the guy's guy, the man's man. He was the, you know, I mean, he was the hero. People loved him. He was kind of, you know, cut from a different cloth. And during that time with the Vietnam War and everything that was going on, people liked that, that he was so different and stood apart. And he was in all these great movies, but he was, I mean, he hundred percent heathen. He had every woman he ever wanted, married several different times and had all the cars he ever wanted, had all the money he ever wanted. But later in life, he was stricken with a, a rare cancer. Uh, it's, it's still rare, but at that time, they really didn't know much about it called mesothelioma. It was a lung cancer, attacked his lungs and all that was going on. And if, you know, if Christy or however you guys were coming, if you guys want to get that set up, that's great. The quicker you start playing, the quicker I'll shut up. But Steve McQueen, you know, was, was living his life and all and just doing his things, thought he had everything. thought he had life by the nip, you know, that he had it all together right in his hand. And when that began to happen, he was married for the third time at this point. And, and, uh, and I don't want to say luckily, but, but by the grace of God, he married a woman uh, that was in love with Jesus and loved the Lord. And went on his bucket list, he wanted to learn how to fly a plane. And so his wife uh, found somebody that had their pilot's license because you have to have time in the air with another pilot for so long to get your license and all this stuff. And so she found a Christian pilot without him knowing. (laughs) And she puts him in this plane. And so he takes these lessons with this pilot over and over again. I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you're in a plane thousands of feet above the air with a Christian, you kind of have a captive audience. Come on. There's nowhere to go. Well, there is, but you don't want to go. You know? (laughs) You know, and all that's going on and around. And so, and so he begins to witness to Steve McQueen. And, and Steve McQueen never gave his heart to the Lord during those plane rides or anything like that, but it didn't, put, it planted seeds of the gospel in his life. And so uh, Steve McQueen begins to search around and do all that he's doing. And, and, and uh, Billy Graham was holding a crusade in Los Angeles, California. And during that crusade, Steve McQueen was intrigued. Enough he went and 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 he sits there in that stadium and listens to Billy Graham and you know Johnny remember the Billy Graham crusade I hated it when tell it when I was a kid I was a good Christian loved Billy Graham and all but, but whenever we only had you know um the CBS ABC and NBC and Billy Graham was on that was it, you know? I mean, that was it. And so we had to sit there and listen to it and everything. And, and um, George I mean, George Beverly Shea, you know, then sings my soul, oh, 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 you know? And he, he did all this things, and he'd be singing. Uh, but you know, he gave the, Billy Graham gave the call, and they started into uh, Just As I Am, and people started coming to receive the Lord, but Steve McQueen did not receive the Lord that night. But what he did do, he said, you know what? I've got to ask this Mr. Graham a question. He's talking about this eternal life. How do I really know? How do I really know this eternal life exists? How do I know this is for real and so uh, being famous and, and different things, the connections he had he was able to, to to rig it to where Steve McQueen took his limo down around and and had mr Grant had dr Graham uh, meet him in the limo after the service that night and mr Billy Graham goes walking in sits in the limo and and Steve McQueen just begins to ask him these questions he says how do I how can I be sure that this eternal life thing is real Billy Graham said well there's no All I have Is God's word And God said this in Titus chapter 1 verse 2 In the hope of eternal life Which God who does not lie Promised before Time began He said that's our hope That's the surety that I have. That's my assurance. That's that blessed assurance that Jesus is my, that that I know that that's that's the only way I know. God can't lie. He promised eternal life before time began. That's how I know. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. to know that when I take my last breath here on this earth, I'm going to open up my eyes and see Jesus face to face. Steve McQueen right there just gave his heart to the Lord. And he said, well, what scripture was that? I need to know what that was. Please tell me what that was. And he, Billy Graham was looking around for paper, didn't have paper or anything. And he just said, here, just take my Bible. And he marked, he marked Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and gave it to Steve McQueen. Well, Steve McQueen progressed and his cancer progressed and all that went on. He ended up going to Mexico from, uh, for experimental treatments. And it was there in November of 1980, uh, just a day or so after they'd done an experimental uh, surgery where they thought they got most of the cancer out. Steve McQueen was laying in in a hospital bed by himself in in, in, uh, San Jacinto, Mexico and there he took his last breath and when they came in and found him laying laying on that hospital bed uh, seemingly alone he was laying in that hospital bed with the Bible Billy Graham had given him opened up to Titus chapter 1 verse 2 that God who does not lie, promised this eternal life before time began. See, regardless of how bad or how awful you thought you are or the things that went on in and of your past, the fact of the matter remains we serve a God that loves us and cares for us and sometimes even despite of the things we've done, He gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. See, I'm a pro... The grace of God. I have no business being here today. I mean, first of all, because <laughs> you don't know all that's I've done. But when I was two years old, I was diagnosed with a disease called cystic fibrosis. It's a disease that's incurable to man. The same winter season, I had reoccurring pneumonia over and over and over and over again. That coupled with the cystic fibrosis, it caused large amounts of scar tissue to mount all over my lungs. The doctors here in Morgantown told my folks uh, that I wouldn't live a very long life, that the life I would live would be of very poor quality, that I wouldn't even have enough air to walk down the hallway of my own house. And on an Easter Sunday, 33 years ago, my parents brought me forward in 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 a... small little church there in Mount Morris and they brought me forward and they prayed for me that day Now I got news for you, that day I didn't levitate out of my parents hands or anything like that you know, a dove didn't come down out of heaven saying this is Tim and who I'm well pleased or anything like that, you know, none of that happened but what did happen they said, as treatments went on and things started happening they, the, the, the medical folks told my parents "They said, listen, it's not reacting the way it should with his body, we're not sure what's going on let's take him in for more tests I love more tests. They go back in and start taking x-rays and blood work and all that they do or whatever. Come to find out that every piece of scar tissue had disappeared off of my lungs. Every ounce of cystic fibrosis was driven off of my body. And today, with borrowed breath, I present to you a Jesus that regardless of your past, regardless of what this world puts on you, regardless of maybe even the horrible decisions, the circumstances, the sickness or the pain or the agony or whatever we've been dragging into this room today, I present to you a Jesus that has a plan and a purpose for your life. Life, that even in your moment of weakness, when you don't have what it takes, when you feel like you're going to come up short, that maybe you don't pray enough, you don't read enough, uh, maybe you say things you shouldn't say or think things you shouldn't think or be places you shouldn't be, I got news here. I serve a God that has a reason for your existence. I serve a God that created you and loves you and has a plan for your life, that He will set you free from whatever baggage of your past, that He wants to live with you today because He has plans to take you to somewhere that is bigger than what we could ever wrap our heads around. I don't know all that's surrounding your life. I don't know all the things that's going in and around you today, but what I do know is that I serve a God that has a reason that you're here and that I'm here today. I serve a God whose love that is never ending, that loves you with that everlasting love on your worst day when your mama stops loving you, he keeps loving you. That's the God I serve. So, here in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or even if you have, But today, you know you need to make that decision again. You know you need to make that decision today. Because every day, we need to follow God. And you know, right here and right now, if Jesus were to come back, life would be to, man, I'd love, man, I'd love. It's been burning in my heart all this week about the, the second coming of Jesus and a lot of things that have even happened just this week. How it's lined up with exactly what Scripture said would happen. It's nuts. He's coming soon, folks. Our time is short question is, are we following him now? The only way you can be free from your past, the only way you can be free for the future is to be free right now. It's to say, God, I need you. I depend on you. And he's going to declare his independence upon us. It's that simple. So would you all stand to your feet with me this morning? Know again, I, I don't know everybody in the room. I know a lot of you, but I, I don't know everybody. But I, every time I've ever been blessed to speak and, and been able to stand in front of a, a group of people, I'm talking, I always give you the opportunity because I, I learned even when I was in Bible college, I was preaching in a Bible college, I had no plans of giving a call for salvation. But God stopped me right in my tracks, said I needed to do it, you know, and uh, I, I gave an opportunity. What do you know? Somebody gives their heart to the Lord in a Bible college. You know, just this last Wednesday night we were doing services through in a town in North Central PA, and and uh, Wednesday night I was speaking and watched 11, 11 people. They were teenagers all, all all the way to one of them was eighty years old. Gave their heart to the Lord on Wednesday night. The question is, are you following God here right now? I'm going to pray, and in just a moment, I'm going give, to give you opportunity to make that decision. Listen, I'm not asking how often you come to church, how much you put in the, uh, the the money plate or uh, all, all the credentials. None of that. At the end of the day, it means, I mean, they're important, but it doesn't save you. You understand? You could have every key to every closet in this building and be on your way to hell I midnight. Mean the question is whether or not you're following Jesus right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that all of us, any of us that need drawn towards you, Lord, any of us that need that, that sweet uh, uh, drawing of your Holy Spirit to convict us, and Lord, uh, help us to understand we need you. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would uh, that, that we would be free from preconceived ideas or worrying about what other people think, or, or Lord, uh, having to feel like we need to be perfect all the time, and God, that we need to kind of somehow keep up that complex that so people think we have it all together. Lord, I pray right now in this moment that, that we would become uh, open and and, and Lord raw before you and and, and Lord that we would be able to confess that we need you God in this moment in this time Lord I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would just reach down into our hearts right now and may your love be so real Lord be somehow in some practical tangible way even now in Jesus name may we know that you care for us and love us God we trust you and we surrender to you have your way in Jesus name Now with every head up and every eye open I I know sometimes this is a little different than what a lot of folks do But this is just how the Lord directed me when we started traveling about 10 years ago uh, Not that it's wrong to bow your head or close your eyes or anything like that But I've just gotten to the point where I'm sick and tired of closet Christianity I'm sick and tired of uh, 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 of us, you know, thinking this is so private The Bible is very clear You need to believe privately, but you have to confess publicly Believe in your heart Confess with your mouth He died publicly on a cross, naked and bruised and bleeding. The least we can do in an air-conditioned room we're full of people that love us and care for us is say, God, I need you. It's an amazing, it's a moment I'm telling you, it'll free you, it'll change your life forever. It'll change your life forever. I'm not telling you life's going to get easier. What I'm telling you is you don't have to live it alone anymore. It's not up to you. The weight of this world no longer rests on your shoulders. So if you're here today, you know you need to make that decision. I'm simply going to count to three, not to trick you or anything like that. Just brings us to a point of decision. And when I say three, you know you need to make that decision, this is for salvation. I want to be very clear. You know you need to make that decision. When I say three, I just want you to lift your hand up as high as you can so we can see it. Because I got news for you. Not only am I looking, God's looking. It's more important. He's looking, He's watching, He's seeing it. You're making that public confession. We're going to pray a prayer, and life will never be the same again. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when just one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice. So, when hands begin to go up in here, let's join in with the angels and give them a proper welcome into the family of God. This isn't, this isn't a funeral. This is a resurrection. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, have a, a, I love my brother. He's five years older than I am, born and raised in the same church as me. He's been a police officer here in the city of Morgantown for some 20 years, but right now he's not following the Lord. He's made a lot of decisions he shouldn't have made, and he's not following God. And i got news for you. If I happen to be in the church service or the place that he gives his heart to the Lord, there's no pastor, usher, deacon, nobody going to be able to hold me down. You understand? I'm going to be clapping and shouting and screaming and crying. Snot's going to be flying. It's going to be a great day, and the love and grace of God. Amen? So if that's you and you know you need to make that decision, I'm going to count the three. You're going to hear the greatest ovation you've ever heard. And I believe right now that even the angels of heaven are looking over the grandstands right down here in the Prairie Avenue in Morgantown waiting to throw a party for the decision you're about to make. So you know you need to make that decision. When I say three, you just shoot your hand up right where you are. You say, Tim, well, why, why are you kind of pulling this out a little bit making this a little bit longer? Because I want you to get the understanding. Eternity is a whole lot longer than this. Make the right decision today so that you need to be, so in eternity, you're at the right place. You understand? Press on towards heaven. If that's you today, you know you need to make that decision. When I say three, just lift your hand up as high as you can. You ready? This is your moment. This is your time. Today is the day of salvation. You ready? This is my favorite part. One, two. Come on, you know who you are. When I say three, lift it high. One, two, three. Come on, is there anybody? Oh, wait just a moment. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, come on, let's give God a big shout of praise in this house tonight. Amen. Now, listen. You saw the hands that went up? I'd like for you, if you could, just take the hand of the person next to you. Everybody in the room, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer together this morning, okay? Everybody in the room, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I promise you this, this prayer will not damage a soul in the house. I'm going to say a few words, and you, I, this is important that we say them out loud. We believe in our heart, but we must confess with our mouth under the salvation of God. So it's important we say them out loud. You don't need to say it word for word. It's not some magical, mystical chant or anything like that. We're talking to God. He's listening. You don't have to say it word for word. You just mean it from your heart. Say it out loud. You ready? Everybody in the room, say, Jesus. Oh, come on. Everybody in the room, say, Jesus, I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day on, I will serve you. Thank you, Jesus from freeing me from my past for freeing me in my future thank you Jesus that you're living with me now in my present Lord I give you everything all my faults all my failures all my sin but I give you more than that I give you myself thank you Jesus for saving my soul in Jesus name And everybody said, oh, come on, let's give God one more time a shout of praise in his house today.